Welcome to Lift Your Legacy. My name is Jacob Rupp, father, husband, and rabbi. And each week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you unlock your inner potential and create change that will impact the future. Thank you for listening, and let's get to it. to have on today Katie Burke, otherwise known on all of her social media uh, handles at Katie B. Happy with two Ys. She is, it's hard to kind of put into words exactly like what the right category is besides just a, a fitness extraordinaire and a very motivational individual. She does uh, all kinds of yoga trainings, a local legend in San Diego. We really talk about how do you reinvent yourself at uh, as we go through COVID or coming to the end of COVID, hopefully, I guess who knows that. But really this concept, besides getting into her personal story of unbelievable challenges and tribulations and lessons learned, how do you reinvent yourself? How do you create your own luck and success during this time? How do you take uh, advantage of the situations going on in the world today? And really, how do you live a purposeful and passionate life? So with no further ado, Katie Burke. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, Lift Your Legacy is committed to helping you live a more authentic and meaningful life. That being said, if I could ask you to share this podcast with someone that you think would get value from the message, that would be fantastic. In addition, I wanted to make you aware that along with the podcast, I do offer executive coaching. I help people who are successful and highly motivated, who want to see extreme, or not even so extreme, maybe just a small change that in their life. I want to help them get to the next level. What does that mean specifically? Creating more peace in your relationships with yourself, growing your business, clarifying your career. And even if you need a little bit of help losing some weight or getting more healthy, I do that also. I'm not for everyone, but for those people that are invested in making their life better and taking the next step, I highly recommend you consider me as a coach for you. Now, how do you get in touch? Well, you found the podcast. I wanted to tell you also my email, Jacob, my first name, Jacob at Lift your legacy dot live feel free please to reach out there or on all any or all of my social media channels i'd be thrilled to give you a complimentary half an hour conversation to see if we might be a good fit to work together and now with no further ado i ask you to please sit back and enjoy the show so believe it or not, fitness trainers are, you know, you, you hear like a dime a dozen, but the truth is, and I think this is actually true for everything, the truly like brilliant ones, like make all the difference. And there are a few people in our lives, few trainers that we've had, my wife has, that um, has really kind of destroyed the whole niche other than these people. And so I'm thrilled to have you on, Katie, today as someone who I personally say I've not been able to walk downstairs for days after some of your, your, your boot camp classes. Um, you really fired up my wife. She still wears her, her yoga apparel from San Diego. She won't rebuy any new things. It's like old and, and shred. And I'm like, I'll just get you a new one. She, 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 she can get herself a new one. She's very independent. But, uh, you know, but it's just, you've created such an unbelievable culture of positivity and fitness in San Diego and the whole world. So I'm really thrilled to have you on the show. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. I'm, I'm excited to put a face and a voice to someone I've heard so much about from all of the times we've sweat together. I mean, I fully, fully adore any of my students in person. And like actually now in COVID, 
in quarantine, getting to like put a face to a new person, I feel really special and lucky to see someone new. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, great. So thanks for being, so you have, you, you, you have a very interesting story. Tell me, I know, how do, you, how do you put your life into a few minutes, but just kind of tell us some highlights, you know, about, about I guess, your name, your Katie Be Happy on, on YouTube and Instagram and all other related uh, platforms. How did you get to where you are today? The very short version and the most important part is that I am a calloused, sarcastic Jersey girl that um, transplanted out to California to get as far away from New Jersey as I possibly could. <laughs> and uh, San Diego hit it. It did it right. Uh, at the time, I was dealing with the loss of my mom. She died of breast cancer when I was a freshman in high school. And uh, my dad and I weren't seeing eye to eye, let's just say. And so I thought I'd get a fresh start and move out here. And so I was crass. People couldn't handle my, my East Coast uh, brutality, if you would. It's Especially so not in San Diego, like of all the places you could have gone, you know? No, they're not. They were not. My humor is definitely not their humor. And I remember the, the pivot point, like two or three years after living here, I would go home for holidays and hear my family talk to each other in the way they talk to each other. And I would be like, oh my goodness, they're so, that's so mean. Why would they say that? And that's <laughs> like, oh, I've shifted. I've turned a little bit more West Coast than East Coast in my mentality. But because of that, I got this nickname like Jersey and, and people, every time that I taught, even as I evolved into teaching yoga, it was more physical, hardcore, uh, basically results based on the surface value. And so as I evolved in my own practice, teaching, mentoring, and in my own life, just gaining experience. They started calling me Jersey and it made like the sarcastic crass, ah, Katie, be happy. Like you're not, you're not happy ever. You're just sarcastic and whatever, and negative. You look for the bad. And then it started to evolve and the name stuck. And I, I personally, as a human being started to evolve where instead of looking for what was going wrong all the time, which is what I was raised with. And it's really funny. It's like, it's funny at Christmas and all the different holidays to go home and say, to have, you know, Uncle Jeff be the butt of the jokes or, you know, my brother hit them. That's kind of how my family expressed love. But as I evolved out here in a different way of showing love, I was really more than focused on what was going right instead of what was going wrong. And it's like a lifelong, it's a lifelong process for me as I'm sure it is for everybody, but really for me, because I'm always focused on what's not going right instead of being able to focus on the right. And I'm personally really happy to just have this opportunity to like every day be on a mission to help other people very selfishly, therapeutically, <laughs> like I'm helping myself. Cause I, what, if I say it a million times out loud in my fitness class, then I feel like it's gonna be ingrained in my psyche, right? Do I, I, wanna, I wanna ask about that. Cause I think that that, that that piece for so many people, it's so difficult because we see you or other people that are quote unquote positive. I actually got feedback one time from someone saying they couldn't hire me as a coach because I come across as too positive. And I was like, do you have any idea of the skeletons that I have in my closet? So I think that the, the interesting idea that perhaps you could help us see is how did you begin that, that transformation? Again, we look at you and, and listen to how you talk and it's like, yeah, this girl's got everything. Well, whatever. I'm sorry, that isn't appropriate. But I'm saying like, girl, woman, you know, this person's got it all figured out. She's super positive. She's always been like this, just radiating good energy. You know, like, how did you make that transition? What did that look like for you? I think that I very quickly figured out, like when my mom passed away, I was very blessed to be with her for her last breath. And I'll never, 
I think it's one of the best gifts that anyone can have, especially early in life, to be with someone in their passing, to watch them literally breathe in and then breathe out. And then there's nothing like her chest didn't rise again. And it's this surreal experience of realizing that the flesh is, at least for me, just a game. It's just this, like, it's a flesh suit. It's a Halloween costume for now. And that there's something more to explore, but I'm not happy as much as I am not happy. Let's say I'm on a quest for meaning and purpose instead of happiness. And I think that that's kind of like, it doesn't mean that I'm always going to be happy. It doesn't mean when I'm yelling things in my classes or when I'm speaking certain stories at a, a keynote speech, instead, I'm asking people to be on a constant search for depth and meaning, not for happiness, because I don't really think that that's what this is about. We're going to fail more times than we succeed. We're going to, honestly, at least for me, I'm going to feel low more times than I feel high. I say like it's a two to one ratio. Two days, I'm just cruising and like me and midline. And then one day I'm all of a sudden really happy. And, and I want it to be consistent, but it's not. It's me every day just waking up and being like, okay, if I got to breathe today, 120 billion people have died on planet Earth. If there's got to be a reason that I got to breathe today. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to be on the discovery. I'm at least going to give my mom that opportunity. I'm going to live in her honor and try to figure out why I got to breathe today. I don't know if I figure it out every day, but at least I'm on that quest for purpose and meaning. And that's different than happiness and the irony kind of behind Katie, be happy. It's like, yeah, be happy, but also be a bitch and be sad and be stupid and, and, and be too drunk or whatever it is. Like there's, we're, we're being everything and we're trying not to be human doings in the process to be a being and like in it, all the good and all the bad hanging out at rock bottom cafe, sipping on whatever you like to sip on but that's part i think that's life it's not about being happy i i need if you would to elaborate a little bit more i think that especially the times that we find ourselves in and again depending on where you are in the country or in the world it depends on how how much it's been impacted i think everyone's been very much impacted that idea of uh, two things that popped out first of all the the idea of searching for meaning trying to actively pursue something that's deeper um, maybe talk about that, and also just what I what 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 came out in in what what I heard you say is that you're not even looking like what's my ninety day or three year plan, but rather you try to make it day by day. Did I find something meaningful today? Did I figure out what I'm here for today? And by shrinking that time, it sounds like it's much more it's much more doable than than a lot of people make it. Yeah, I think especially in 2020, you know, I, I always say F the Q. That's kind of my hashtag for this year. It's like I, I, especially in this time, it's this pandemic that enabled all of us to go through some sort of trauma in our life, whether it's losing a job, an identity, whatever. But it was more of a wake up call for me to be like, no one's coming to save us. No one's coming to save me. We can barely trust whatever you used to listen to and trust or like, cause no one really has the answers. And it was just a big kick in the face about that. And so it became almost a daily process. Like we can't, I'm sure you can't plan more than a week in advance. Maybe not even because things change so much. It's just impossible to plan anything right now. And so in this, in, we've never been able to control anything but the human illusion is that we can, and it keeps us feeling safe and a little bit in control. And so COVID quarantine has been this amazing kick in the face, kick in the butt to say, hey, you're really not in control. And all you can do is be here in today. Choose maybe to watch one Netflix show instead of 50. <laughs> like, like do your best to do what you can today and set small GPS coordinates. Like we have to be our own 
upgrade if you would. In the beginning of COVID, I, I can tell you, I got home from, I have a retreat business. And so obviously financially, that's not very, it's not doing very well right now. My main sources of income were teaching public classes about 600 people a week and leading international retreats about 10 a year. And so both of those things got kaput. I was flipped on my head. I had just gotten back from a two week trip to India where I'm a keynote speaker and a leader at the International Yoga Festival. And so I'm kumbayaing, like flying high off these vibes. March 16th, I get here and everything is just so different. And I'm grateful that I had even that much time to travel up until that point. But then all of a sudden there was no accountability. Uh, my, seeing my students every week, was selfishly my accountability to work on myself, to work on my, to stay healthy and not sleep for three days. Um, and like just being seen in that way was a, a whole different level of accountability. Now there's no accountability. I mean, in COVID, at least for me, my roommate decided to uh, move in with her boyfriend during it. So I was at home alone for three, three whole months, essentially, basically filming from my living room, creating my own little yoga studio, but conceptually kind of spiraling. I, no one cared if I ate one box of nut thins or seven. Like no one cared if I watched one Netflix or 50. Like I'm sure that was for, for everybody because all of a sudden, uh, I know you're, in, you're out in the Midwest now, but I grew up with snow days. And so on a yeah, snow day- stop for snow here. They just, it, it is what it is. There's no, there's no stopping for snow days here. Yeah. There's no stopping, okay. In New Jersey, it, like we had snow days and it was the best thing ever because it would happen maybe once or twice in the, in the winter, but you get the phone chain, you know, Kayla would call me, I'd call Corey. I'm so excited. We get the day off and then you realize, okay, you're not going to school. You get the day off. But as the snow starts to build, it's thicker and thicker and thicker. I can't see my friends either. I can't go anywhere. So the snow days aren't as cool because at first it's vacation mentality. And then it's all of a sudden that you're stuck. And that's really how I felt like the end of a snow day where I was just stuck inside. And then sometimes the electricity goes out. <laughs> and then, then it's really bad, right? So I felt like by month three, at least, and still kind of parts of my journey, the electricity has gone out. I'm like, I'm at that place where it's either I give myself a big kick in the ass or no one will. And I have to reevaluate everything. I'm single, I'm 32. And a part of me was like getting my dating groove on before COVID. And then of course you can't date in COVID and I don't want to virtually date. I don't want to be seen. I'm eating like five buckets of nut thins. I don't want to be seen. Wait, one second. I have to, I got, I got, I got, I want to, two things I, I would love for you to just to, to ex either, I mean, you said it so beautifully, but I, I don't want the, the listener not to hear it. The first thing that's so phenomenal is this thing that you mentioned about creating accountability through service. So it's like a lot of times people need, they feel like, and it's, it's not a weakness, it's like knowing yourself. A lot of times the people that go into helping environments that, go, that become the teachers, that become the, the thought leaders, the trip leaders, whatever you want to call it, like they're doing it more for them than they are, for the people that are there, the people that are there, just they're being welcomed into their process. So it's, it's interesting because a lot of times people who feel like, you know, I, I'm not getting joy out of my life. It could be this idea that, well, then create a community and it's not for the community. Cause again, that whole thing, it's like, well, and I, I wanted to ask you about that imposter syndrome kind of a concept, but it's like, who am I to lead a health retreat? And it's like, well, maybe it's not about you. You're there cause you need to go on a health retreat and you're just going to bring 10 of your best friends along with you. And that's how you sort of build that community. Is that, is that sort of what you said about how you built your, I mean, now it's like a very large tribe, but or a massive tribe. But is that sort of the ideas that you found as you went along with it? Yeah. And I, I can, I can, for some reason, I always felt 
okay to lead yoga classes per se. I felt confident in that, but I can speak to what you're saying when I started leading my retreats for cancer survivors. So in like five years into my business, I started a nonprofit that leads a healing weekend for cancer survivors. About 25 of them go for free on a retreat I would do for people that haven't had cancer. But I had that same feeling like, who am I to lead? Who am I to lead people? I've never had cancer. My mom died of cancer, but I've never had it. I've never had a mastectomy or chemo or radiation or any of this stuff. And what was interesting about it is whatever I started creating that I felt like I didn't have the authority to do, the people and the community created something that I could have never imagined. Like I, I knew that the end GPS coordinate I wanted to plug in was to give back and to create a space for healing. But I didn't know what it would be until I brought it together and just took that first step to start it. And I was super nervous and I felt very un, I felt like I, I didn't have the experience to lead it. But once I was in it, I felt like it took on a mind of its own and the community rose to the occasion of what it was. So that was really cool for me to see. So if people are listening and want to do that and that accountability, find something that you need accountability for. Honestly, get a freak, get a walking group going and, and make that your accountability for two weeks, right? I did a cornthon during quarantine where it's 26 miles. If you do a marathon in a week, it's about 10K a day. You can walk 26 miles a week. And so to keep people accountable, at least in March and April, we did a cornthon and we raised money. And if you didn't hit your 26, then you had to like pay and donate. And if you hit your 26, but it was for me personally, cause I was just sitting on my couch. I had, I had no one to keep me accountable to getting outside. So it's selfish and it's okay to be that way. I don't know if selfish is maybe self-aware. You know, I think that there's a certain level of, yeah. of being okay with yourself that again, and I'm, I'm 38 and I'm still like really like struggling, struggling and working through this of like being able to articulate your needs. It's not a selfish thing to show up and to know that, you know, for you, you might need two hours a day of exercise or, or more, you know, or these different components of your life. And that's fine to advocate for yourself because ultimately when you get what you need, you'll be there to serve the other people in your lives much more authentically. So you're not living kind of a life that you don't, you don't enjoy, even though you're like serving people. It's like, they don't, you don't, you don't know where your voice is anymore. A hundred percent. I'm, I'm a big advocate of like shedding old identity. I mean, shedding the Jersey part of me, even though it is a part of my past, like you have to be more committed to your future than addicted to your past. And so sometimes if let's say you never saw yourself as the walking type, or you never saw yourself as a motivator, but then you just take that first step to read that, that book that inspires you. Um, I think you said the imposter syndrome where sometimes I think that 65% of what I say is from other people. And I just, I've heard it so often and I like replay, you know, the, the Tony Robbins and the Deepak Chopra and you play it and you play it and you play it so much so that it becomes ingrained in who I am and therefore I can give it out in my own way. These aren't concepts that Tony Robbins or Deepak Chopra made up. Like these are, these are time old traditions that it's just regurgitated in different ways. And there's billions of people in the world wanting to hear your way of it. So even just repeating someone else's information, it's not stealing it. It's taking it in, making it your own, living it, and then giving it out. Like become the walker that says something inspiring that day, even if it's cheesy, right? I don't know. You can change identity. And, and 2020, in this time where we've just been asked to go inward and, and lose. I lost my identity as a retreat leader. I lost my identity as a performer and a speaker and someone that was in front of crowds. And that's what I vibe off of that. I had to recommit to a new identity. And it's still something that I cry often about because I'm so emotionally 
I'm scared to be seen in a new version of me, but unless I keep trying little things right now, each day to add to it, the people that are waiting for me, this new version of me, this 2020, you know, skin, let's say, they're waiting for me to, to know me. And so I have to keep putting that foot forward, especially in all of the madness that, that we're experiencing right now. I have to be brave enough to shed what I wanted to be. I want to still host my retreats, but it can't happen right now. No one's accepting Americans. I want to still be in front of people, but it doesn't really happen right now. So in order to like break up with that part of myself, I can break free and break through into whatever else is next. I don't know what it is. And it's really scary for me, but I know that there's people waiting. Please tell me more about that. Meaning because again, it's so, you know, thank God for Instagram. Like everyone's like a complete story at the end and you're never seeing this process. So what I'm, what I'm hearing you say, and, and, and it's, and it's so intriguing is that, you know, you're changing, you know, you're, you know, shedding the old skin or building new identity, but like, you're not sure what that looks like. Tell me more about that process. How do you figure out what to so do? I, I've always been like an Oprah big person. I'm like, all right, guys, dream bigger. I want 10 New York Times bestsellers. I want to I wanna live till I'm 105. I like, I've always been that person that could see bigger. Uh, maybe because my mom died early and I saw that life was so short and it is kind of a game for you to create. But then COVID was this, this I don't know, slap in the face for me where I wasn't taking as many risks. I couldn't see big and I couldn't see the next step. I don't know what's next and I still don't. Um, I like... My writing went low. I went inward. I was drinking a little bit more alcohol. And like at the same time, I just have to trust that this path, I'm every, we're still moving forward. Even if it's two steps forward, one step back, we're still moving forward. And I have to keep trusting that if I don't know the NGPS coordinate, but I know the feelings that I want to follow. I know like, you know, people are always talking about their passions and uh, what they have to offer. Like follow your passion, blah, blah, blah. Screw passion. I want you to like, I want to just follow what feels right in that day, especially in quarantine, because something's going to open when I'm feeling, when I'm following the good feeling. If I follow the good feeling, then I'm in a vibration. Let's say I'm out on a walk, which I've been on a lot of, and I know my neighbors pretty well at this point. Uh, I, if I'm in that higher vibration of following something that makes me feel good that day, then all of a sudden something drops in because I'm more open to it. This is where I'm like, this is how my whole life tracks. My default is to be too busy, too uh, busy to feel, do, or create space for any miracles to drop in. And then COVID allowed me to not be busy in the way that I like to be. And so the miracles that I would find from traveling or meeting new people or being on stage, that wasn't my miracle mindset anymore. So how do I get miracles? I have to create space for things to drop in and creating space does not feel good all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it does not it, like just to wait and be patient. I am addicted to impatience. I am. I push through life. I don't, I don't like to be pulled. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly, that's exactly the idea that you brought up that, that we don't like to be victim. We, we need this a little bit of control. And I, and I, I completely, I completely relate with what you're saying. It's like, I can drive anything forward and that's my, that's my default mode. But when you have to sit back, like there's as much chance happening if you're driving forward or if you're sitting back in a lot of cases of, you know, again, I, when I started, I literally, like, it's a crazy thing. I literally would, I would, I would just make myself busy. And then I literally started just walking up and down PB and drinking coffee. And then, and, and like my, my life changed and I like, I did nothing. It was the craziest thing. So I completely relate to that. It's so hard for people to give up control over, 
over just the, the addiction to busyness, the addiction to not having time to sit and think and just kind of go on autopilot. Yeah, I, I only really have one part of my story that could, it was reminiscent of this feeling that I had. In 2015, I had Bell's palsy where the right side of my face was paralyzed. And so like, I was pretty stuck. My eye was stuck open. My lips were stuck open. I couldn't move. So the left side of my face worked with the right side. And I have a very big smile, like big horse teeth. You know, my dad always says it's the $20,000 orthodontist smile. It worked forever on it. And the fact that I couldn't like hold, I had to hold my lips together to speak. I'm sure you've seen about 40,000 people a year in America get it. And so um, most people heal from it about 80%. But as a young woman, it wasn't typical for me to get it. Oftentimes it's inflammation in the cranial nerve here. So the face, the nerve wasn't firing correctly. And so essentially, if you think inflammation, which is the cause of most dis-ease in the body, inflammation can be caused by stress, overworking, uh, like inflammatory foods, whatever it is. And so me as a spiritual leader, someone that was really working on balance in all ways and moderation, I was realizing that I was kind of like I thought I was finding balance, but I wasn't creating balance. I wasn't creating it in the way where my body was telling me things. And I wasn't, I was forcing balance instead of like letting it kind of create itself. And so I had to lose the identity because I didn't know if my smile was going to come back for about three months. My, I had to hold my lips together when I talked and then I had to either put drops in my eyes or tape it shut. I had to like concede almost surrender to the fact that maybe it wasn't going to come back. And so that identity I had to shed, I still want to be a retreat leader. I wanted my smile. I wanted to be able to smile big. And, and I had to almost just surrender to the fact that I'm still moving forward, even if it wasn't forward in the direction that I wanted. And so I've, I've done it. And I remember begging like universe, God, whatever you want to call it, love energy, begging, beg. If I get my smile back, I will, I swear, I will never take it for granted again. And here I am five years later, totally taking it for granted and forgetting about everything. I, I like, you know, was, was bargaining with the universe. And so I, I do think that shedding identity is a part of what we have to continually do as adults. And if you're someone that's committed, if you're addicted to your growth more than you are your comfort, someone who's committed to a life of purpose and meaning, then you're going to keep you're going to keep shedding identities. It's just a part of who we are. There's going to be a like a, an innate part of you that you respect and love, but we have to keep shedding identities. Sometimes the world forces me to be paralyzed and shed the superficial, like I love my smile. I, I was forced to figure out and share with people, how can you feel my smile without my smile? Like, how can you feel my smile through my words? How can you feel my smile through my actions? Because you couldn't see me smile. And when people were looking at me, uh, you know, whenever there's something, a disfigurement or something that's not normal, let's say, you as the, as the person forget about it. But then someone who's viewing your shell, when they look at you, you remember again, based on the way they look at you, they're, they're, the shock in their face. And so I had to like, just concede, surrender, whatever, and say, all right, that identity has gone. How do I make people feel like I'm smiling at them without using my face? And thank goodness it did eventually come back. Um, but you know, that 20% was a very looming number. And, and eventually I just had to tell myself it might not. And, and this is, this is now. So in, in COVID, my retreat business might not come back teaching 600 people a week, probably won't come back anytime soon. Like 
what do I do now to move forward with this new identity? Because people are waiting for this new identity to come out if I'm willing to do the freaking work to move forward and find it. It's just not easy. It's easier to sit in my bed and eat nut thins and watch Netflix. <laughs> you know, you know, it's interesting. I wanted, I wanted to ask you a little bit about just this idea that we've been throwing around about, about this, about balance and about, like you said, you know, very, very candidly that I think to a certain extent, if you have a persona and especially if you're about like health and, you know, calmness and everything like that, and then you find yourself in a situation where there's certain stressors that you might go back to habits that are not where you were when everything was going great. How do you find is it is it balance? Is it self compassion to help talk yourself through the difficult times so you can know you're still on the path even though it wasn't what it used to be or it wasn't what you would ideally envision? It's important that you ask that because the the start is the important part, right? The that they say if you can just do five minutes of whatever you're trying to do that that five minutes eighty percent of the time will lead to you continuing. It's the it's the idea that we're, you're not a procrastinator. You're in the habit of procrastinating. Like I'm not a, I'm not a fitness freak. I'm in the habit of doing fitness. And so there's a big difference in uh, knowing and recognizing something as your identity and knowing and recognizing something as a habit or a trait within yourself. And then when you recognize it, you know that it's taken on by a stressor. You're like, okay, I see the fact that I eat too many nut thins and watch too much Netflix. Well, I'm feeling nut thins, they sound fantastic. I know I'm not sponsored by them or anything. I just love them. <laughs> I, I, but in those moments where I'm seeing myself, you know yourself. And that's the coolest part about getting older. I love having more experience because you know your patterns and you have to believe your patterns, right? Believe what's happening and what you're doing. And so what I do, let's say I am in that Netflix hole. Um, I'll get an accountability buddy. I call them Omis and say, Hey, I need some help. Let's, let's get a walk in today. And the minute I start moving, if I just say I'm going to walk for five minutes, all of a sudden it turns into 10 or 20 and it starts to feel better. A body in motion stays in motion. It's not just about fitness. It's about the momentum forward of the things that you want to create. If I'm like, for me as a single girl, I was, uh, and still am in a nice search for love. And it's this feeling of like, I would watch the new girl on Netflix and, and be involved in their relationship just as a way to avoid and self-sabotage trying to feel something or create something on my own. And so like I told my online boot campers in August, okay, world, I can't find miracles right now. I am really stuck, but I'm saying out loud for accountability to just whoever will listen. I'm going to go ask this guy out who was working out across the street from me all COVID. He's pretty good looking. Uh, I'm going to go ask him out before Sunday. And I like proclaim this because I can't find my true North. I don't feel good. I don't feel sexy. I don't feel anywhere near wanting to go on a date, but I like asked for help. I asked them for accountability and to keep the story short, instead of asking him out, the universe dropped a different, very hot man, oh, walk up nice. my driveway, literally. And he walked up my driveway and asked me out. That's how crazy the world is. That's when awesome. you like make that decision and say it out loud, like things happen that are, that are kind of fun. And whatever that is, it's just more like a little sign that you take that first little step forward. One, two, three, go. Don't think like change that neural pathway in the brain that there's not an excuse for you anymore. I am not, I'm not a single girl. I'm in the habit of avoiding love <laughs> or whatever that is. Right. right, right? right. 
Well, you don't assume that again, that you don't assume the identity of something that you don't want to keep. You don't, you don't want it per se. So don't tell yourself that's what you are. Just say, this is what my circumstances is right now. And how can I change that? A hundred percent. Talk to me about, about this idea of, you know, I guess on, on one hand, there's this idea that, that a lot of times, and with no judgment at all, you know, people, I do, have this tendency to fall back in a victim mentality, which is that it's so safe and comfortable kind of just saying like, you know, it sucks and, you know, what am I supposed to do? And I have all these, you know, things that make it more difficult than anybody else. And what you're suggesting is on the other side of that, you can actually generate your own luck, energy, whatever you want. And you're never a victim because whatever you want, it might not be there tomorrow, but get on that path. So how do you, is there a way to make, you said take action. Is there anything else in terms of making that switch or changing up how you see it that you think would be beneficial to share? Yeah. So I, I think especially during this 2020 pandemic, it is because we're the illusion is control and it's just shoved in our face daily that we don't know what's going on. It's hard for me to commit to something next week, knowing if something's going to be open or not. I can't make plans. People don't want to plan. And so therefore we like put on all these shells or band-aids, if you would, to just go inward. And the one thing we can control is the feeling and the sensation and the know-how of old habits, old problems, old relationships, old anything. That's the one thing it is familiar. So in 2020, how cool is it that like, not cool, but people are reverting back to old issues, old dramas, old victims, because it's something that feels familiar. And it's one of the only things that, that you know, the end result, you know, the end result for an old fling is going to be what it is. You know, the end result, what will happen from spending a week watching Netflix, whatever is your, like your vice, you know, the end result of too many nights of tequila, but for some reason, because you know, the end result, you now have control back and you like fall into a victimization of it. Right. I love that. I love that. And it's so fascinating because, sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. You can go. No, tell me. So the, the fact that it is so comfortable, that's serving you. So then again, you have to explain and tell people like, look, I get it. Like being a victim is actually serving you. So you're doing what you want. But on the flip side, it's like, is, but is the Netflix tequila, which doesn't sound so bad, by the way, I guess maybe. In, in, <laughs> right. But it's like, is that what you want? Or would you like an alternative? So now you're choosing between two good things. One yeah. is the comfort of victimization. The other is whatever's on the other side of what you actually want. Is that, is that sort of what you're saying? Yeah, a hundred percent. I don't think I don't think anything about the rest of this year is going to be easy. I'm not kidding myself. I'm not kidding anybody. Um, I've had a rough year, like I'm sure most people have emotionally, mentally. I think the highs are high and the lows are lows. But what, it, what I am committed to is growth because we're either growing or we're, we're stuck and stagnant or dead. Like I'm committed to growth and growth is not going to feel easy. But, you know, there's that phrase they say, they never said it was going to be easy, but they said it was going to be worth it. I think that the more I'm putting myself in that uncomfortable zone, the more I'm able to feel alive and proud of myself. So um, I'm sure you've seen that documentary. Everyone's talking about the social dilemma. Uh, they're talking about kids. And, you haven't seen it? No. Oh, God. It's, I mean, if you want to hate social media and be scared for your children, then yes, watch it. <laughs> I about myself as a parent. Yeah, I'll wait till after the right. end Yeah, thank you. But, but at the end of the day, the, the whole point of it is they're saying that this next generation of children that have grown up with devices their whole life um, and know no different aren't taking as many risks and they're not 
they don't believe in themselves in, in the ways that people before you had likes and judgment and all this stuff were. And it's disheartening for me because I got a little snippet of that during COVID where I am taking less risks. I was in my COVID shell. I was in my living room. I didn't have to see anybody and I wasn't being seen and I didn't want to be seen. So my, my hope is that like, as I move forward, that I have 2020 vision, if you will, the, the clarity of it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be easy, but if I'm, I'm uncomfortable, then something's happening. And if I make those tiny steps each day, if I walk one more mile, if I sleep one more hour, if I, turn off the TV and I, I read one chapter, just something small each day, those little habits contribute to my character. And then all of a sudden I start becoming more proud of myself. Like 30 minutes a day is nothing. I love this statistic. If you were to take one soda, let's say you drink like a 250 calorie soda, change nothing about your diet for a year. And you were to take one soda out of your diet for 365 days. At the end of the year, you change nothing else. You would have lost 26 and a half pounds. One soda. Like that's, that's so, it's mind boggling or 30 minutes a day or an hour a day, let's say, like I used to commute 30 there, 30 back. So an hour a day over the course of a whole year adds up to what would potentially be like a, an associate's degree in something that you could learn. So the amount of hours equal to an associate's degree of, let's say you want to learn Spanish or business, like just one hour a day. That's insane to me that those little tiny things that we can do that adds up to such a big difference over a year. I think that, I think that, that plays into also, it, it kind of calls into question a person's uh, um, need to like su super like, you know, oh, if I'm not, if I'm not, if I haven't knocked it out of the park, again, I think maybe that's just an American thing or maybe it's a very social media inspired thing. It's like, if I haven't got the perfect body, which again, like what, what does that even look like? Or if I'm not, you know, super rich. And everyone's like, what does rich mean? Like, why, how do you define that? You know, if I don't have those things then it's not worth it, but that, that's the whole point is it's like these little incremental things that you're doing. And I think, you know, look, I have to, I, I really want to, to recognize you because the, the whole, you, everyone, the, the people that don't know you might think you're sitting on a couch. Like, I don't know how many people are signing into your Zoom, like your boot camp stuff like that. Like you made a crazy pivot. You're not taking cancer survivors around the world, but like, I don't know how many thousands of people, hundreds, thousands, you know, whatever, people that are every week, every day, is it every day you do your boot camp? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Every day people are coming to you and you're being able to step in and to create this opportunity. Again, it's like, it's such a crazy ability. You'd think, how do you replicate your classes in your living room with like one or two other people? And it's like, you did it in a lot of ways. I mean, I haven't been to your classes and whatever, but it, you, you still get that energy. And so it's like, you're still doing it. And that's also so important. Yeah. I mean, in COVID we, we've recorded me and two of my, I call them Igloo family, like my other single friends. Uh, we've recorded over 150 videos and now, so it's like the YouTube it's free. There's 150 videos. There's stretch videos, recovery, mindfulness, sculpt, boot camps. I mean, you name it. And it's all like, even today, I just screenshot someone on Instagram messaged me from Israel and said, please don't stop posting. You've changed my COVID life. Like you don't know, you don't understand how much your video, I could cry talking about it. Whew. Uh, that she said that the work that I'm doing is actually making an effect on her. And so if if I'm just helping one person, I mean, that's the, that's the silver lining of COVID is that I never had a plethora of online material to give for free to people. And now I don't even know this woman in Israel that messaged me on, on Instagram where, you know, it's a daily thing that people will say, 
thank you so much for being brutally honest with everything you're going through because I'm going through the same thing and I thought I was alone. That's like the common feeling right now is alone. And, and that's the last thing we as humans want to feel. And I think like to end, to end this kind of COVID theory and concept is that as things might be reopening, God, who knows if they are, but as they start to and your schedule starts to fill up again, like you and I like to be busy, I really have to stay super clear on my own GPS location. You know, when you plug something into a GPS, you're not always worried about all of those steps to get you there. There's going to be lefts and rights and U-turns, blah, blah, blah. But do you know that you've got your end coordinate? Like, I've got to make sure every day when I wake up, I wake up for five minutes and I don't look at anything and I just plug in my own GPS coordinate for the day. I hope that I make someone feel inspired today or whatever is going to get you going. Um, or I, if I just... If I just smile at enough people on my walks today, or if I can look up from my phone, or if I can get an hour of Spanish in, or whatever it is that your personal guiding star, North, North Star is, then everything, everyone that's going to get on board in your life falls in line. So um, if my end coordinate is I want a loving and respectable partnership, right? That's one of my main end coordinates. I don't know all the many steps to get me there, but I plug that into my GPS. And then everything, everyone that's supposed to be on the journey is going to start plugging in because I've got that more pinpointed and I'm not letting other things get in the way. There's going to be family and kids and all these things that are going to take from you. They contribute back, but essentially they're going to pull you in all these directions. You have to just make sure that you've always got your center focus each day on what's going to make you happy. Because at the end of the day, if you get hit by a bus or you stroke out, which is very possible, you got to make sure that you lived a purpose-filled life for you with meaning and then people are going to be got like your family benefits more from you having that kind of guiding star each day, that GPS coordinate, or I like to say a, a God powered source or a guidance powered source, right? Because that's you plugging into you. Katie, you're awesome. I, 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 I can't thank you so much. It's again, like you said, you're sitting on your couch, but the reality is that like you're changing, like actually changing the world. And now across the world, there are people that are changed as a result of you. And, um, and that again, I, I don't. I don't want the viewer to think that what you do is like easy, because clearly you're phenomenal at what you do, and you've. This is the product of life's work, but it's just really inspiring to see how pushing forward and adopting this mentality is. Again, it's 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 taking advantage of the situation as opposed to kind of sitting back. So I want to acknowledge that and and thank you so much. Tell me how people can find you, follow you, learn more about you, and what you do. Yeah, it's Katie Be Happy on Instagram, uh, on YouTube, on it all. And and the best thank you you can give me is just to share it to people who don't know, that are stuck and don't know a way out. It's there. It's just give it to people. Like get The content is there and it will change your life if you're just willing to take 30 minutes a day and just do it, right? It's like I ask for nothing in return, just that we that we literally raise the vibration of the world based on sharing and openness and, and looking for what's going right instead of what's going wrong and everything that we can in the day. <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. There you have it, folks. Another inspiring episode. If you enjoyed this, I ask you to please share this with your friends and to like us over on Rabbi Rupp through Facebook or on YouTube. And the more that we're able to get these important messages out, the more that we can really make an impact in the world. So I encourage you, please, to stay tuned. Uh, we have a ton of amazing speakers coming up and also to tell your friends about it. Thank you very much.